Blake Law of Blake Law Studios, and you are listening to Fluffy D.O.G., a 40K lore podcast. Make sure to check out and support us at Blake Law Studios' Patreon page. Hello and welcome to Fluffy Dog. That's Fluffy D.O.G., home of the fluffiest furballs in all 40K. Now, what is this show? This show is a podcast. It's going to be happening twice a month. We're going to be interviewing different players in the community about their favorite factions, we're going to just do an extreme Steve Joel deep dive into why they love that faction. We're going to ask them all the questions, all the reasons that this faction is near and dear to their heart. And we're just going to do a little sidebars here and there. And so buckle in for the ride. This episode, we are going to be talking about everybody's favorite boys and blues, the originator of a lot of people's journey in 40K. We are talking about the Ultramarines. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, the man, the myth. The legend. He is actually on quite the role this season in the competitive world, but little known, he is actually on a role in the lore world this year, too. He is just competing in all assets of the game. I, of course, am talking about Mr. Brad Chester. Woot, woot, woot. Little known fact, I literally got into the game based on the lore first. I read the second edition books and went, I want to play whatever this is. And then, of course, had the sad, sad, as we all do after re- reading the fluff first and went, I'm going to bring five Terminators in the book. It says they take over entire planets by themselves. In my very first game of 40K, a command squad with plasma guns shot my KS Terminators dead. And I was like, did four guys named Ted just kill my Terminators? <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> Brett, I had the opposite intro to the game, actually. I came in being like, that looks cool. I'm going to run it, and I'm going to try to make a filthy list. And then as I get older, I'm kind of like, I don't really care what stuff does if it looks cool and has an amazing backstory. I'm like reading all these backstories and getting into the lore, and I'm like, man, the lore of 40K is wacky, and I love it. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves to the masses, the people. I no, I have introductions. Oh, uh, I'm full of introductions. Oh, here we go. You don't jump to <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, the weird thing is, I'm wondering exactly what the names are going to be for today. You are well known, and it makes me so happy that you have butchered about 93.8% of all people's names. And I think two of them are John Smith. So continue on and tell me who we have today. I've been whispering his name under my breast. You might have heard it, but yeah. I'm excited. This is someone who I've been whispering his name at night too, as I go to sleep because I've been dreaming about him coming on one of my shows for a very long time. We talk all the time, and uh, it's been a shame you hadn't made on one of the shows yet. So this is his introduction to the world of Blake Law podcast extravaganza. I'm talking about my very good friend, Mr. Kess Hushidar. You nailed it, did, sir. Did you, did you, but did he put a question mark at the I end did. of it? I did. Yeah, 100% did, but that's because he made him nervous. And was 100% practicing that. <laughs> the pronunciation oh, of... Uh, by yeah. the way, he, he gets... The, the funny thing is, is Blake frequently gets the hardest names right, and then you're like, all right, this is Ted. And he's like, do you pronounce that Tiad? And then you're like, no, no, I don't. Tiad, 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 Tiad? I, okay, we have another guest on today, actually. This is a double guest episode, which are probably my favorites. I like having a four-person episode, so we're bringing on my good buddy. He's been on the show before, a uh, little Art of War Unbroken action. I'm talking about my buddy, Mr. Howard Ward Watts. What's up, my friend? What it is. Woo, pig, big suey. suey. We're doing it big, man. This We'll date this episode because tonight, the Hogs just beat Auburn, and we had to delay this episode to finish that nail-biter, so... Great win. I'm excited to watch the game tomorrow, man. 
But let's jump into it. Brad, what do you think about the boys in blue, the Ultramarines? What's your, I mean, what's they pick? have pretty deep lore. I, it's going to be tough for us to dig up some units and characters that have anything written about them out of the Ultramarines. But we'll really go into. I do have to give you props right away because I love the fact that you have the full Ultramarines gear on in the tournaments, which is <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I, I got like... People that are just listening to this are not going to see what I'm about to pull out. But Brad, you will appreciate this relic that I'm about to show you. Like, Ooh. I am not messing around. So. I have that, by the way. <laughs> I, am, tell's, I tell's believe you there. do, sir. Yeah, this thing. I, uh, I, what can I say? They were my my first uh, first love. So I Look got a rock tails 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 tails. Tails. You know, guys, Let's kick it off. Let's just go with what was the initial thing that got you into Ultramarines? Tell me some of the general lore of the chapter i mean they're basically the face of space marines they wrote they literally wrote the book on space yeah. marines <laughs> Zikodex. well i mean if i'm being honest with you i was just a little kid and i saw blue and i loved it but then you know as i as i did get into the lore as i did get into the books growing up <laughs> it struck me that they were kind of like in this world of chaos and destruction and, and all this, they were just order. And I'm the guy that played the paladin in the D&D party. You know what I mean? So that just spoke to me right <laughs> off the bat. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that, that was it. And the, the more I, I learned about the Primarchs and learned about Gulliman, and then, of course, you know, we got a back. So uh, my 40K journey started with Ultramarines, and then it veered off, took a hard left, went down a fantasy fantasy path for a while they murdered my favorite game i'm back to 40k <laughs> but there's a primark you know so that's that was the I have, journey i have to throw that out there because is there anybody in the 40k universe that has a more what the fuck moment than bobby g when he literally gets brought back out of stasis and sees what's going on with the imperium and just goes bros serious seriously like what what like i have yeah, I'm gonna have to put on my boots and mighty ass kicking because I got some I got some work to do here. Like basically, Honestly. you are exactly the opposite of everything that I've ever stood for right now. Ward, I your moment? feel like I can relate with Bobby G every day in the real <laughs> world, like just every day. <laughs> so, so like as a kid, like I wanted to play. So it was in Memphis, Tennessee. My dad and I went into, I want to say it was the old Mid-South Hobbies. For anybody that's listening in Memphis, I think it was like in Midtown or something. I think it's in a different spot now. But walked in, it was uh, it was a dragon. It wasn't like 40K stuff. It's like, oh, dad, I want to play. This is Warhammer, like old school fantasy. My dad picked it up and was like, well, that's a little bit too expensive. We're not going to be doing this. <laughs> uh, so actually, my wife and I moved to where we live now in Arkansas. There was a small game store there, and it had Games Workshop. I was like, holy cow. It's like, babe, we have to go in there. So I go in, and the, the shop owner meets us and stuff, and I like buy like a, a unit of um, uh, sniper scouts. It's like, oh, these guys are like super Dude, cool. Sweet unit. So my very first Ultramarines are Ultramarine sniper scouts with the camo cloaks. You didn't nice. get into that long ago either as far as actually playing the game. And your painting of the Ultramarines is – Kaz, yours is obviously amazing as well. But both of you guys it's are superior. painters. It's superior in all aspects. Like Kaz's, dude, Kaz's Ultramarines look 
Chef's kiss. If you haven't seen oh, either so of these guys' stuff, just Google it. I mean, both their stuff's probably on the internet around there. And they're both really nice. <laughs> I think Blake was going to be like, I'm going to put a link up. You know, we could put, we actually, we'll, in the, because we'll put this on YouTube and we'll have a bunch of slides. We will have some pictures of both of their models and we'll put up behind. You won't have to Google it as opposed to Blake hey, going, hey, Google, you want to see some pictures? Figure it out yourself, everyone. Well, Google it. <laughs> hey, I want to make a comment here, though, that the Ultramarines are huge, as we've mentioned. And so we're not going to touch even the slightest surface oh, of the lore of this army. So anyone listening, make sure to post your favorite moments in the uh, comments below as well, because I'm sure other people will like to touch on those as well. So make sure to, to comment down below. And if you want extra likes, uh, explain that Rogel Dorn is the 21st ranked Primarch in the Ultramarines video, uh, just because I hate him so much. So with that being said, I'm going to start with, I'm going to have either one of you grab it, see who wants to go with it first. Give me your favorite character and give me some stories about why he's your favorite character. I need something boss mode. There's a lot of Ultramarine characters. I need a reason why he's your favorite and a great story to go with it. <clears throat> Who wants to go first? Ward's oh, okay. in. Tag so, in. So my so to kind of expound on like why I got in and like what my favorite moment is. Like a buddy of mine that I was in the National Guard with tried to pitch me on Space Wolves and it just like wasn't my thing. But then I saw like the Ultramarines and again it was kind of like what Kaz said. It was like the order of it, like the efficiency. Like that's kind of how I like am in real life. So it's like, okay, I'm going to identify with these guys. So my character is very much the same thing in a very chaotic moment of the Horus Heresy. So that's where the majority of my lore is uh, seated in. So like every world eaters, every ultramarine, every uh, word bears, like all that kind of meshes together and a little bit of blood angels in the Horus Heresy. Um, I've read every one of them. So I, uh, there's a lot of good characters, but my favorite is Remus Ventanus. Because that dude is an absolute boss. So specifically, he comes in uh, in uh, No No Fear. It's probably the best Ultramarine book ever written. Um, I'm 100% going to second that. That is the best Ultramarines piece of so like, anything. You, you can absolutely hate all the Mary Sue haters out there. Hate Ultramarines. You will like No No Fear. That, that book is impeccable. Um, so there's a there's a part in No No Fear where like Remus Ventana, like the word bearers have like uh they're besieging Kalth and and they've like got the scrap code. So there's no comms, there's no way to communicate, there's there's it's chaos. Um the word bearers are like ripping the veil, they're like basically corrupting the star, they've taken over like the uh the naval ports outside of the outside of Kalth, like and all you have is your battle brothers. So uh, Remus Ventanus is like bet. So he just starts collecting everybody that he can he can uh, muster in Kalth. He's 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 got like a mechanicum guy that he like runs around with, and basically they like get to this mansion part uh, of Kalth, and they manage to. I can't remember the Mechanicum guy's name, but he like basically reverts it's, the I, scrap I've got, code. I've, I'm ready because I'm always prepared. Mir Edvatarwren. <laughs> yes. So he he breaks the scrap code and is then able to start communicating and start kind of, um, you know, aspects are coming back online. He's starting to like get get battle plans. So it's like an ultramarine player, like an ultramarine just in general is like, cool. 
what assets do we have? How can we allocate those the most efficient way possible? So then he like literally beats back the word bears, beats back the like traitor uh, Titan legions, and somehow like pulls Ultramarines like out of out of death and destruction, and uh, ends up being uh, uh, given the title the savior of Kalth. Um, so then like the, the other title. I mean, so and then I can't remember exact. I have the Horus Heresy like reading chart, but the other one, like the the word bearers have like kind of infiltrated like the tunnels, like after Kalth is blown up. Um, I think it's in Mark for Mark of Kalth, but um, this like dreadnought uh, kind of breaks through like the tunnels of underneath Kalth and has this virus bomb. And he's like getting ready to prime it and blow it up and throws it in. And basically Remus Ventanus just throws it back through like the the like tear in the warp and it blows up and he saves Kalth again. Like Remus Ventanus is just the man. Um, is his model and, the one that came out that's like the dude has a weird bull cut looking bull cut and then he has a little like ultimate thing on his foot? Dude, he he literally is a bust of Caesar Augustus looking yes. up in his story play. He is a baller. And it, I have that model. It's yeah, I was, I was, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is like his, um, his Forge World model is like Remus Ventanus, the savior of Cal. Yeah. Dude's, a, dude's an absolute <laughs> legend. Anyways, it. that's my favorite character. Yeah, your, you got tough God. Board that's, board came out. That is, that is solid. And honestly, <laughs> my favorite character is from the same book because, as Board said, excellent freaking book. He's a man that uh, that thought a little bit differently in a chapter full of people that were really thinking one way. Ward already knows where I'm going I with know this. Exactly, what he's talking about. I, this is almost going to be who I picked out of this book. I, I yeah, I, this is who I thought you were going when you said it. I was like, oh, oh man, he's taking mine. Anid Thiel. So if you haven't heard of Mister Thiel, Anid Thiel was right before the the events of Calf were happening. He was actually censured. He was uh, he was in the doghouse and he had to wear what we now know as the sergeant red helmet. But it was it was a uh, punishment because he thought of something unthinkable. How would we kill another Astartes if Astartes turned on us? The man was a legend. The man was a visionary. He knew he knew that this was a possibility and he was asking the tough questions. I, I honestly I think I can relate to him as well, because I. I've always been thought a little bit different and, uh, and I've been pretty aggressive with that. And, uh, you know, that can rub people the wrong way, but at the end of the day, Mr. Thiel was right. And in fact, if you, uh, if you're reading the, uh, the new kind of updated, uh, oh man, why am I having a moment? Um, the, the new updated, uh, dark Imperium books where Gulliman is talking to one of the newer Primaris characters. And he's like, Oh, you think differently too. You remind me of someone I once knew. He's talking about Thiel. Thiel was there at the at the final fight that uh, that Gulliman lost as well, and he's probably one of the reasons that Gulliman still exists today. The man was just certified badass. He during the time where Remus Ventanus was also being an absolute legend and and turning the tides of war around. He was in those tunnels. He was killing Chaos Space Marines, and he was. Uh, he was really writing writing the book on how to fight Astartes on Astartes' actions. So I, 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 I got to say, Thiel gets it for me. 
Well, and the and the best part about that too is like in the books, it's always, you know, well, theoretical. What if we have to fight a, a <clears throat> fight a space marine, and everybody kind of looks at him like, no, we're all brothers. Like we're never going to do that. That's never going to happen. And he talks specifically about it, like. We have a theoretical and a practical for every species of Xenos, every every like every demon, every everything. Why do we not have a theoretical for this? Like for the eventuality that we fight each other. And he gets censured and is literally sitting in like the the like the armory or like the halls of McCrag, just like sitting on a bench. And Gilman's like, what are you doing here? Like, there's a fight. And he goes, well, they marked me for censure because, you know, like I had a theoretical about killing other Marines. He goes, huh, do you care to expound? Because that's what <laughs> we're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, friend. <laughs> Let's go do the thing. But, like, the best part about that is because all of the, the scrap code and there was no there was no communications, that's literally how they marked, you know, like smoke signals and stuff. Like, hey, we don't know who's in charge. Like, paint their helmet red. And it, like I, that blew my mind that when I've my buddy, uh, my local guy is like w- way more knowledgeable with lore than I am. He goes, this shown? yeah, talking about shown. Oh. He was like, you know, that's why they colored their helmets red. I'm like, huh? He goes, have you not read no, no fear yet? I'm like, no. So then I, I read it and I'm like, mine was blown. I was like, so that's why sergeants have red helmets. That's cool. You gotta love the field could have just solidified his argument by just going i've got a picture of angron and conrad cruz and i'm just saying maybe <laughs> we want to have a plan yeah, no yeah. like when those I guys know they're to, my brothers yeah. come on yeah, like when they went to chaos everybody went yeah okay what else water's wet continue on i, I got it this yeah. is just a matter of time guys like yeah, curse and angron was no surprise there yeah. and they're like okay well, no seriously who actually went to chaos those guys already we're there. We're just waiting for them to be <laughs> official. <laughs> I always think about like when they bring in like the mechanical guys, like the mechanicus, like the guy in your story there. They're always like they probably have to vouch for him. It's real creepy. It's like, oh, the flash is weak. And like, no, this guy's cool. Trust me. Yeah, this guy's gonna save our life, actually. He's gonna save us cool. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. Trust me on this one. <laughs> just there's so much good stuff going on here. And the funny thing for everybody that doesn't know the lore about this. Literally the book that we play out of. Bobby G wrote the book. He literally wrote Codex Studies after everything went down. So uh, when I said he wrote the book, I, I wasn't joking. He legitimately went, this is how everybody is now doing their shit. Figure it out. Which is a pretty boss mode thing to do. You basically told the galaxy, all right, I figured it out and I wrote it down. So just deal with it. And, you know, I think the heresy actually feeds a lot into what makes Bobby G great. Because if you look at, you know, like I, I, I think about me and my career. When I first started out, I was this like bright eyed, but kind of cocky, you know, young guy was was thinking of me. I had all the answers. Now, you know, I wake up every day, the world's on fire and I'm like, I don't know anything, but I'm going to try my best. It, you can see that transformation like of of pre-heresy and what it did to him. And that's really like that energy is what he put into the Codex of Stardews because he's like, never again. We cannot have this this legion thing going on. No, we're gonna break him up into chapters. So he splits that up, you know, and then he he reorganizes it. He gets a lot of hate for it, 
uh, both in in the actual lore, but I think in the broader game, you hear everyone has all these names for him. But uh, his name is Rabute Gulliman, is what it actually is. And the man is a freaking legend. Because as you say, he wrote the book. His name. Exactly. It, it's funny because, like, he's one of those dudes that during the Crusades was doing well. You know, he's well-organized everything. But it literally took the Horus Heresy for that everybody to go, oh, this guy's, like, really good at a lot of shit. Like, like if none of that shit happens, he's just a a good leader. It took going down for him to go, oh, no one else is taking care of this? Well, I guess I will. <laughs> Move, get out of the way. I got this. And specifically, I can't remember if it's referencing a galaxy in flames or in Fulgrim. Horus literally told um, <clears throat> Lorgar Raelian, like, your only mission is to make sure that Gilliman does not make it to Terra. Because if Gilliman makes it to Terra, we will lose because he is yeah. just a strate- like a strategic genius. Anyways, I've, have sorry. Has anyone here read the latest Siege of Terror book? Oh, <laughs> nine hours. We're nine hours away. Just wait. I mean, I could spoiler alert this, but come on, guys. We all know how it all ends up. But like the. The, the signal comes in from Gulliman. We're nine hours away. Hold still. We are coming. It was almost, almost there. Almost, I screamed, Brad. I freaking screamed it's when funny, I heard that. It's so good, though, because when you have that, you, you already know what happens, but you're like, I hope they make it. I know. Just yeah. like, nine hours. Give me some alternate, alternate dimension stuff here. I'll take it. So on that, we've got so many things that have happened. We, we rocked out some awesome characters. Give me, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Castor, I'm gonna have you fire this up. Give me your favorite unit, and give me a story about why. And you can put if you need to tie a character in it, because there's a lot of units that are basically kind of character units. You go people like Teleon and stuff like that. He comes with bros. You know what I mean? So you can cheat yeah. a little bit if you need to on that. But give me what? Give me your unit that needs to be on the board for you all the time in your army and why give me some lore from it. so this is this is actually a very modern unit we've been talking a lot about heresy era lore but uh the unit is the victrix honor guard but i'm tying this and i mean like they're so good first of all they're, <laughs> they're so great in game and us ultramarines do not have much that they're we so can good say people like so just don't believe i've had to show people because I think the last, uh, when I was playing Ultramarines, I was playing one of the two-man tournaments, and my buddy and I were playing were Ultramarines, and we brought the Vitrix, and people, like, just, because no one brings them that much, and I had to show them, like, we're not making this up, man. These are the rules. These guys are badass. Two up, yes, three they, up. Yes, like yes they do have a three up invulnerable save. Yep. Oh, but they got rid of that back when, no, 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 that's not a storm shield. I'm like. No, it's an okay. ultimate storm shield. It's an ultimate storm shield. So what's the lore? <laughs> the lore is actually even better than they are. Go ahead, guys. Sorry, dude. I just I love those dudes because they bang and people are like that can't be what they do. That's For fifty-five well, points. Yeah, I mean they're a steal. And well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like please feel free to dive in with the unit lore because I'm actually gonna tie this to everyone's favorite character to hate, Cato Sicarius. Because Cato Sicarius and I I'm hate Cato Sicarius. I hate That's the only Ultraman character I don't own. I, I hate early Cato Sicarius. 
Post-PTSD Kato Sicarius is amazing. I I don't know if anyone has read the book or if I'm the only one. I think it's called Night, Knights of McCrag. But I'm going to sum it up for you. Basically, this is the story that talks about Cato and company getting completely lost in the warp. And, you know, in the in the uh, the days of of Matt Ward and the the Cato Sicarius that has become a meme, he didn't he was very cocky. He was very everything ugly about what you'd think about. I've got a bunch of these up because I try to make sure I have all the lore pages up for us so I can chime in with my nonsense. And I love the fact that when you go to Cato Sicarius, the very first quote is he's an insufferable glory hound. <laughs> you know, I, I want to point this out that we were talking about we were talking in the art of war who all the uh who everyone was and adam uh adam camilleri said i think blake is kato sicarius so i was this is my i guess my spirit 40k character and it makes me sad you are an insufferable glory hound wow yeah that was some that was some Aussie shade right there yeah. Yeah, I got the you know what? He's probably upset that you just infer that he's dead every time you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First time, still the best because he didn't realize he did it. Oh, that <laughs> like is classic. I go, Blake, you knew you just called him the late and great, right? He's like, eh, we're sticking with that forever. Yeah, we're just going to call him that. <laughs> yeah. Someone else said, I heard someone else say it the other day, a completely unrelated yeah. thing. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poor Adam. Or, or is Blake uh, actually Alfarius? Ooh, yeah. I, I think I think that actually uh, that's more Blake than uh, than pre pre uh, traumatic experience Cato. So uh, so if if you if you haven't read that book though, Knights of McCrag, basically the TLDR on it is like Gilliman's back and Cato's lost his face and. The Geller fields go down, and so demons are murdering people, and they're lost, and they they end up on this planet that is like medieval times, but as a planet. And of course, there's an evil, nefarious character that's pulling all the strings and everything. But they have to pretend that they're knights, and so their power armor's all dead. And Cato has to like live through this this whole thing where he's watched, you know pretty much his entire company get eaten by demons. And then he's fighting on this world. He goes through a transformation in this book. And when he comes back, it's uh, it's Lord of McCraig, Marius Calgar is sitting there and he gets the memo basically like, Hey, Kato survived. And he just kind of laughs and he's like, yeah, of course that crazy son of a bitch made it out of the world. <laughs> of course. But if you've seen any, if you see Cato, who is now the master of the Victrix Honor Guard, he's no longer the second uh, second company captain. That is uh, that is Ashran. He is now in this role, and he is somber as fuck, and he is just like <laughs> so. He is absolutely so bleak and so like. Salty. It's it. Yeah, he's a salt. He's. I just feel like he's me the older I get. And I'm like, I feel you, Kato. <laughs> I feel you. I hear it. I feel it. So that's that's where I'm going to make that tie-in. But Victor's Honor Guard is my favorite unit because of Kato Sicarius. They're pretty badass. I have to ask, what low-rent Walmart light does the Imperium buy their Gellerfields from? Because there's so many stories where they fail. And you're like, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna buy something and you want it to be premium, 
that would be the thing that you really need. You're like, we shouldn't probably skimp on the thing that makes us all not die. You know they outsourced. You know they outsourced construction from Mars. They're like, no, 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 we'll move it to a different forge world. Or tell me about the Invictus Honor Guard. What's their their lore? So, I... There, if there's any one thing I'm anal about in lore, like I have to go like from the beginning to the end, right? So I have read, I believe, even this, even this, like the small, like short little books, novels, audiobooks, like almost the entire Horus Heresy. So I'm getting all the way up to the point where there are no other books until uh, the Siege of Terra. And then I'm going to start that series. The only, the only um, non Horace Heresy 40k novel I've read is The Swords of Kalth, which is about Uriel Ventress. So I can't really speak on the Victrix Guard and their lore, but I do have a character from Swords of Kalth, or a unit rather. Um, and it's actually funny because Brad mentioned it earlier, which is what I'm going to talk about when it's my turn. You're you're in, brother. Tag in. Okay, tag you're in. Up. So, so in Swords of Kalth, it's I think the third or fourth uh, novel. I've actually started the Uriel Ventress um, series just because the model came out it was really cool. I actually have a set a second set of Victor Scar that are painted with the the green cloaks um, of the Third Company Four to be Uriel Ventress's honor guard because I am a hobby fluff bunny as well. Um, so in in the Swords of Kalth, they kind of like come up on this like Necron um, kind of infested planet. Uh, and there's actually some really, really cool Astromilitarum characters in this book, too. Um, but what happens is they kind of they don't really know, like, we can't really pinpoint where all these like energy fluxes are coming from. So they send Sergeant Talion and a u- couple units of scouts. This Sergeant <laughs> Talion is the saltiest. If you've ever been in the military, think of the absolute saltiest sergeant major you've ever met in your life, times like 10. So they they send Sergeant Talion out with a bunch of scout squads and stuff, and they're basically like being forward observers trying to figure out where the stuff is so that when Uriel Ventress and a bunch of his um, honor guard and a bunch of his other cronies and stuff roll up in their Thunderhawk gunship, hey, yo, this is where you go. But the best part of the book with Talion and the scouts is Talion gets this really weird feeling like, I feel like there's somebody here that I've encountered before. And it was a Necron death mark that had nearly killed him before. So that so Sergeant Talion is basically playing cat and mouse, not really using his 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 scout squad brothers as bait, but effectively using his scout squad <laughs> brothers as bait because he's like, guys. This like I am the most scouty scout in the entire Ultramarine Legion, and this Death Mark had the drop on me and missed, like literally missed killing him. So they're like kind of like infiltrating, and they they um they're like in this skirmish with this Death Mark. And anyways, um oh my God, what's your of interest of ship? The Ve Victus. So the Ve Victus shoots like the mag like imagine a like literal city block sized melta cannon on the front of their on the front of their strike cruiser shoots at this like obelisk uh and it like does nothing 
but they 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 tuned it down to be low yield so it didn't split the planet in half. So, anyways, like tailing and all these like scouts like dive for cover and it like the 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 fight's on because the death mark is like also kind of out in the so they're like chasing them and running trying to kill them and stuff. Well, Euro Ventures and them come in. And it's like, have you ever seen the movie Wanted? Like where like Shia LaBeouf is like curving bullets and stuff. Italian is like, I literally have to use Uriel Ventress as bait because the death mark is going to know that he's a higher ranked person. So Uriel Ventress is just like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, Sergeant Talon shoots a bullet at nothing. Like the death mark isn't even there yet. He's like, if I were the death mark, this is where I'd take my shot from. And he's like up and just poof, he shoots the um, the quietus is the name of his rifle. Shoots his quietus at nothing. It, it talks in the book that there's nothing in his scope. And all of a sudden, like the Necron, like it just materializes and splits him right in his skull. And he basically like cues up like, hey, boss, he's dead. You're you're good now. Thanks. It, it just. Wow. Great book. Bad day to Sergeant, be a death mark. Sergeant <laughs> Talion and Scouts. Oh, they're not. I love it. It's uh, so his, good. His attitude for me is literally for the Sergeant. God, I can't remember the actor, but the dude from Black Hawk Down who just gave no <laughs> shit. Like people were firing at him, just like, yeah, whatever, man. It's he was getting hit too. I, yes. I know exactly the guy you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. He's like, whatever. Like, flying off and he's just like, yeah, man, whatever. I guess, like, whatever. Like, it's, you know, it's Tuesday. Whatever, you know. Nah, they they clipped my camo cloak, like, whatever. <laughs> so, just, Brad, Brad had mentioned it earlier, but Ward at the event at Shallow, uh, was it Melee at Shallow now? So it's called. He was playing and he was playing in full Ultramarine attire. The whole event. Toga. I think I don't. Toga. No, not the whole event. That thing gets hot. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, my wife bought me a brand new toga. Primo. Wait, wait, wait. Primo. Sorry, you're primo. You, you rock a, a a toga, and you have like laurels. Like I, I gotta come. I gotta go to. We gotta oh, do a doubles tournament. Well, it, was, it was funny because you were playing on stream because I, I think for like first game. And I showed up typical Brad style and I didn't have all my models. So I basically begged Arkansas for the rest of my army and <laughs> yours. Thank you very much. was one of them. And I'm like, where's Ward at? And you're like, yeah, you'll be able to find him. I'm like, Oh, there, there he is. Yeah. I'm looking for the guy that brought the ultramarine models. <laughs> oh, that must be him. Yeah, hey, I'm going well, to go out the limb and say that would be where I'm going. Do you know how it's not hot to wear a toga? I'm not. I'm not not wearing clothes underneath. Yeah, that. you gotta you gotta go full dude, bro. That's uh, that's uh no, commit to the commit to the thing. That. Commit to also, the- don't I also don't want it, Joe to get like banned on off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> one one wayward breeze. That's all I think. I I do want to say that I was ready to play with all the models. I have to give Arkansas props here. So I was supposed to get uh, a package. One of my buddies was sending me. I had my salamanders, but you know all the rules change with stuff so you could take a lot of stuff you couldn't before so i needed some extra things and i get a message back from my sam he let me borrow my entire space was army for the next week so but i go and he goes i've got bad news for you it's good news and bad news good news is i converted all those things up i'm getting them painted up uh next week the things you asked for for the space was army bad news my wife just walked in and said I forgot to drop off that package that I was supposed to take on Monday and it's Wednesday night and I'm leaving, you know, Thursday to go to go to Arkansas. So I basically tell Blake, hey, man, I kind of don't have 
this list of things. It was, it was a brought, long list of things. Yes. <laughs> and you guys brought so much. Though I said, I'm going to start playing with all of it. I needed two squads, last cannon, tornadoes and stuff. And you guys brought so much extra shit. It was fantastic. It was funny because I, I can't remember. It was like my second or third round opponent was just looking at my army and just kept looking, you know, looking at the trays. Like, is all this stuff coming in reserve? You know, kind of having that like that mental math. Like, Jesus, how does he have so much shit in his army? I'm like, no, man, this is extra, this is the yeah. extra stuff. I was like, he's like, oh, thank God. He's like, I was like, man, how did he get all this shit in his army? That seems like so I, much. It's like I, I said, know they got why, points breaks, but dang gum. <laughs> I, I sent a, I sent a message out to like all the Arkansas groups, and I got back like, and without getting response from anyone first, you know, so. I got back. People would be like, yeah, I'll bring him like nine last cannon oh, so devs. I'm like, oh, okay. It was fantastic. I was like, I'm playing with all this. I'm going to win this tournament with my 2,500 point list. This is going to be easy. <laughs> What's your secret, bad? Cheating. <laughs> 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 so now I got my, my go-to question for you. Ready? On the table, we've got lore. Tell me what has to be in an Ultramarines list. It could be a couple of things. Just tell me when you go down and you want a, a lore-friendly, fluff-friendly Ultramarines army, what models, what units are there right now? No matter what the what the cost is, what's going on, what has to be in an Ultramarines army? So I'll, I'll give you because, and it's good because Kaz and I play two entirely different type of competitive lists. I'll give you my competitive answer and my fluffy answer. <clears throat> my fluffy answer, if I'm just going to play like a uh, what they call that now, Tempest of War or whatever, like the ones with the cards. <clears throat> I always build a like um, kind of combined arms, uh, mechanized infantry. So, like I always imagine, like if Ultramarines are going to roll up, they're going to have like impulsors. <clears throat> they're going to have some some stuff to like transport their troops and rhinos and stuff like that. So, like it would be kind of like a mechanized um, like infantry style list. Um, and it would probably not have like Gilliman in it or even Calgar because like those guys are like running the Imperium. Like those guys are busy. Like if they're, if they're fighting in an actual fluffy list, like it better be like a good narrative. Like it Gilliman shows up because like we are losing the war and we can't lose this war type thing. Um, so like I usually just run like a big, thick, chunky, like Gravis captain. Cause like those guys are just thick and just killy and, um, but competitively, my like auto populate unit like model that goes in is Tigerius because that dude is so oh, good. I, I, I was literally I was just about to say I'm saving this if no one says it because Tiggy competitively is one. I think he's the Imperium's most efficient caster. Yeah, I think so. Plus one yeah. and the. And the the random hey this unit's minus one to hit dude yeah. that's yeah. nuts actually that's like well, and, just boss mode well and knowing three powers so it's like you can just kind of just take half of your discipline and the other half is garbage I was just about to say oh and by the way I denied too as well like yep. yeah at, yeah at a plus one both ways twenty four inches oh I need a super smite I'll just reroll this this test for free it yeah love it. Love who's, it. Got, who's got who's got Tiggy's lore for me? I want to hear this guy's lore. He's actually a badass. He yes. is a bad, yeah. bad dude. Like in Dark Imperium, there is a scribe and they're in the library and like the the, the battle's happening. And freaking Kugoth 
like pops out. I, I mean, maybe it wasn't Kugat. It was it was a, a greater demon of Nurgle pops out, and Tiggy just shows up and he's like, "Let's dance, motherfucker!" And he fights <laughs> this greater demon and and kicks the crap out of him. Like he, he is a certified badass. He's also like literally Littlefinger from freaking Game of Thrones in the fact that somehow he's got his shit in every, you know, anytime you say something, he's like, yeah, 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 I've already got a guy there. It's all good. You're like, what? No one even knew about this. He's like, ah, I've been on top of it for a few months now. Like, <laughs> So, I, and it was, I want to say it was just like a small excerpt from like, maybe, maybe Sean was telling me about something, but it's like Tiggy would, would just be like meditating, like somewhere on like McCrag or whatever and be like, we're about to be invaded by this. I can just like sense it. Like he could like sense hive fleets across the, the galaxy or like he could like sense like eld eld like Eldar, like magic and stuff like that. It's the guy just like sits there and meditates. He could tell when like Gilliman was getting close or like he could, he could almost commune with the, um, with the warp and stuff like, like the Astronomican, like his power is so great within the warp. He is like almost a, like a small flare. Like it, it, he his anyways, it, he's just a bad man that, and his staff is like, Oh, he just beats people. It matches me like Gandalf. Staff. Like, well, oh. I love when they talk about his early days. If you read some of the, the fluff lore, excuse me. And that he, they basically thought he was cheating during his training because he was passing all the tests with super ease because he literally foresaw all of the problems. So he was already ready. And they're like, this dude is clearly scamming the, the system somehow. And then they're like, oh, then the rest of the librarians are kind of like, no, man, he's like crazy. He's a crazy psyker. Just we, we'll take care of the rest of this training. We, we got it, guys. Yeah. Uh, he's the best psyker. He's, he's got the tactical genius of like one of the top ultramarines ever just inherently you give that psychic powers i mean he's gonna be a that's ex- yeah that's exactly right who's he the is, best psyker it, in the space marine world is it him yeah oh yes. yeah yeah storm collar is similar in a lot of ways but i think tiggy's just like a, a hair better yeah out of like just regular imperium guys i mean you could go with some of like the the eternals and stuff like that maybe but that that's above and beyond kind of thing but yeah we're gonna do do a space wolf episode i think either next or the one after this so whoever's on with that one we're gonna have them uh give the counter argument for why storm color is better but my new jaw but that's okay i mean he he, jaw is a bad dude too so is mephiston right so like those are always usually the ones that like get brought up i I don't even know if they're better psychers though those dudes are just tough dudes Like, so, I don't yeah, even know so, if Najal totally knows any psychic powers. That dude's just real <laughs> hardcore. So, like, in a just like fist to fist fight, like, probably Jal or Mephiston, <laughs> but like, Tiggy will just become like unhinged with his war power and just like that by itself, like, win the fights that he's in. Like, he is, uh, I love Tiggy. That dude is a bad <laughs> man. My, yeah. my friends <laughs> hate Tiggy because, like, I'll always have that one play where, like, cool. Gilman gives a plus one. I roll a six on my advance. I'm 13 inches forward. Oh, cool. Oh, I have a really good null zone story for you. So <laughs> playing playing Brian Hunter, bam. Um, playing him at Branson years ago. Like first, probably my first GT in Branson. And I'm like, cool. So he's playing Space Wolves because he's like the Space Wolf guru. 
and all of his wolf and everything. He's like spiking all sixes on his advances. I'm like pinned into my deployment zone. I'm like, well, if I can land Tigerius right here, needs like a five or six on the advance and get my null zone off with the guy, like the wolf blood talisman or whatever that gives him like a minus to cast. And he had an inquisitor that had like a minus to cast. So I like nail a box cars perils on my null zone. I'm like <laughs> keeping it. He's like, so I can deny on a, on an 11. And I'm like, yes. So, and this was back when you could reroll a single one of the dice. So he rolls this like a rolls a five, but like not like not a six. He's like, cool, I'm going to reroll it. And then rolls a five, but doesn't beat the test. So then all the Wolfen lose their storm shields, all of his characters lose it. And then I just like blew everything off the table. But Tiggy is the man. I've <laughs> done that play so many times. I'm like, well, I'm going to probably lose this game if Nolzone doesn't go off. So let's hope that Nolzone goes off. <laughs> love but it. I love Tigerius. That dude's a boss. Kaz, tell me what your Ultramarine army has to have. <clears throat> Honestly, I mean, if we're going full fluff, I, I'm with Warren. Like the big name characters aren't making it. But, but man, we have a Primarch. I'm going to play him. <laughs> like when I, when I started taking coaching with Art of War, it was like, that was my hard requirement for Nick. I thought he was going to tell me to go, like, go pound sand. I'm like, look, I'm making a list. And this was when Gilliman was 300 and what, 80 points? 380 yeah. points. 380 and he, points. And he was still good for 380 points. Not the best, but yeah. Don't tell people that word. Don't tell people that. We like him at 300. He's good. Yeah, 300 is um, way but, too expensive. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, totally. But But no, for me, it's like... I mean, I, I, I've I've played a lot of different armies in this game. I've I've been playing since I was nine, and I'm definitely not nine anymore. So you know, it's been a minute to be able to play the character in my army that is holding the emperor's sword. Like, come on, I had to do it, you know. And so it's just kind of worked out that the way that I build my armies was always going to be based on him. The way that I painted up my display tray for my army was literally like I painted Gullum in a certain way and he has light coming in from a certain direction. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, I have to build a tray for him. He's literally the only model that has like an inserted place. If I if I started running Calgar, I'd need to make a new tray, basically. <laughs> but but yeah, like I my army, that is the auto populate is actually that and word answer as well. Like it's it's I have my two named characters because Honestly, right now, Ultramarines aren't like our our chapter tactics and all that aren't really the secret sauce. Our chapter tactic is our special characters, if you ask me. I uh poor let's talk about poor Marnius Kalgar, otherwise known oh. as lovingly as the Diet Coke of Gilliman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. but that dude used to be just a monster sitting on the throne with his two gargantuan fists. And then dad came back and he's like, oh, man, like, I guess I'll go over here. Tell me when you need me, guys. I'm available. So, so <laughs> and I love how, like, sorry, I love how, like, dead inside emotionally Space Marines are, too. Because Gullivan comes back and he's like, you're a failure, but that's my failure. And it's <laughs> like, no, that's not helpful. Dad. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about the Battle of Cold Steel Ridge. Like at the Battle of of McCrag, where like the like High Fleet Behemoth is literally just like destroying us, and it's like, well, 
Calgar's like, okay, I guess we'll go to Cold Steel Ridge. We'll defend him at like our like polar fortress. And then he gets punked by the Swarm Lord, gets his arms cut off. <laughs> so, and I didn't know this, but I think one of Calgar's weapons used to be a chaos like demon's relic or something. Sean was telling me something about that. Like one of I don't know. I'll have to look into that, but like one of his gauntlets or something or the gauntlets of McCrag. Oh, he's still got the coolest picture though. Come on. Him sitting on the, the big throne. It just like hulked out like oh yeah. With the banner yeah. over his over his lap, just chilling. And that is such an homage to like the OG model of him sitting. I mean, it was scale creep, let's say, but uh, but like that is very classic Calgar. All right, I'm going full Brad Segway because I can't be stopped because there's no adults around to stop me. Why have we not got new models for firstborn Marines? Why do they have to look like the squats of it? I get that Primaris Marines are, are bigger and everything else, but like. Come on, man! Didn't, I mean, they get we've, new, didn't they get new models? We've got some things. We did them for Horus Heresy. Yeah, I mean, just like well, Horus that's Her- what people are using. Yeah, well, you have to at that point in time because when you put them next to each other, you're like, oh, look at the little guys! It looks like you got the playground next to the. I don't adults. know. I like my little Scott Marines next to my Primaris. It helps me remember. Because I'm usually not entirely sober when I'm playing, you know. It helps me remember, <laughs> hey, I can't transhuman them because they're tiny. <laughs> they're tiny people. I'll give you that. <laughs> I, uh, I'm grasping at straws, I know, but. <laughs> I like the old dudes, man. Like, they kind of have a certain appeal to them. Like, they look a little derpy, but I mean, it's most of us, you know, got got to play in the game at some point before 5th edition, and that's, uh, that's kind of where they were. Well, you guys are all bringing these stories up, like, back in the day, and I'm like, um, I, I came was, in at I came in at eighth edition, so I'm like I came in at second. Yeah. And, and me too, Brad. <laughs> me best, too. Yeah, the problem is, is you came in at second. You're like, yeah, I was a young kid doing my stuff. I'm like, I was 29. <laughs> hey, man, we're 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 still linked because we both owned the Ghetto Marines yes. with the Bolter like this, right, uh, dude? The best is I still own a ton of the old Metal Miles. I love the fact that you can hide them behind a blade of grass. They're so yeah. small. <laughs> Uh, yeah, seriously. And the brains are good for something. You can also use you they're a murder weapon because those things are heavy as because they're all pewter guys. Yep. Well, and the thing that's the, you do, so Brad, I, I'll give you this question. The thing that the thing that is interesting to me is like take like a tactical squad or like even like a stern guard veteran squad. Like any any think any like firstborn marine kit and they literally can almost take anything as far as war gear is concerned. Like they have so many options, but then Primaris is like, initially when intercessors came out, you got a bolt gun. Yep. And then and, GW's and, like, Oh wait, we haven't given these guys anything. The thing about the, the Phobos guys, you know what I mean? You, you know what you'd like to have? Well, cool. You can't have it. There you go. You're an infiltrator. You want a helix gauntlet? Or you can have a bag of dicks because that's your only options. <laughs> I love the TAC Marine options because you could make them anything you want. You're like, hey, uh, let's put a melt and multi melt and let's put a last cannon. Let's put a you know, plan. You know, you could you could deck them out for. But that's the whole point of them, though. Though they used to make it such a big deal that Marines were supposed to be the army that could just put them anywhere and they'll adapt to whatever situation it is, figure it out. 
And I love that you could build, but you could also build back then your independent characters for the longest time could just have whatever the hell they wanted. You pay too much for them, but like you could literally put, you could strap gear on them till the cows came home. And I love that because if I wanted my overpriced, you know, chapter master with 73 things on him, you could if you wanted to. I, I love the the ability to just do whatever. I like customization, customization of my army to be able to do what I want. And if you want to go farther than that, I really like when codexes had weaknesses and strengths and everybody wasn't just that homogenized marine thing. That used to be the Ultramarines' claim to fame. Everybody else had these super skews. Your blood angels, your space, well, they all fought like weird and they didn't get all the troops. And then you went to Ultramarines and because they followed the codex, they kind of had more options than everybody else. They didn't get plus one to wound and this and this and that, but they had so many options. I don't know. I'm I'm an old man and I look at everything with my rose-colored glasses, of course. Well, and I th- and I think it was the thing that is is so, and and you hit on it exactly is like them having all the options for war gear was almost lore specific. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, hey, we're fighting in this climate against this enemy. We don't need a flamer. We need a multi melta. We we don't need or or we're fighting against uh, like Tyranids, so like we need flamers or, you know, it it it's like you get pinholed in with Primaris and everybody locally makes fun of me because I have because I came in at eighth edition, I have a primary like my collection is primarily um Primaris. Now competitively I've I've kind of Oh, I need these firstborns to have all these meltas and all these grabs. Back in gravitic amplification was a thing. So, like, I have a unit of grab devastators. But so I've kind of filled in those firstborn marines. But I'm like, you kind of look, especially with the change in war gear. I'm like, man, like, there's so much flexibility in in all these firstborn marine kits. And it's like that's your flavor because like you don't get much flavor. Like an eradicator does nothing in combat. It just shoots a melta gun. But Unless you you're take, fighting against elves, they punch <laughs> pretty fair. well against yeah, elves. Fair, and it, it, but it to me, it's that's that's the thing that 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 turns me off about Primaris is they get pinholed into like I can only do this one thing. I'm an infiltrator. I do absolutely nothing other than be like, hey, you got to measure twelve inches off of me, you know, which yeah. is good. But it's a must have the thing. I'm going to give you. I'm going to, I'm going to again, because again, I'm a child, so I have to segue a little bit. If you were going to give somebody the most, uh, out of the characters we just said, who's the go to poster boy besides Bobby G and, you know, Calgary and stuff like that? Who's the go to? Who's the fame? Who would you go to if you were going to give the Ultramarines tutorial? Where would you go besides the ones we've already talked about? Securious. I, I mean, I, Cha- like Chaplain Cassius, like oh, I mean, how did I because, Cassius? because like he oh, even wow. has a he even has a very extensive section of Death Watch lore with him when he was like, you know what, I am so done with being an Ultramarine right now, I'm gonna go take, I'm gonna go take a stint in the Death Watch because I want to go kill some Tyranids, by God, and he like literally Taylor makes his own kill team. To be like specifically, and this goes kind of into that like firstborn, like war gear thing. Like I'm building a specific kill team to kill Tyranids, and Chaplain Cassius is a, that dude's a boss as well. But 
Yeah. Kaz, who do you have for me? I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about playing Ultramarines. I know the the big three, four. Who's my go-to guy if I want to read a story? So if we're talking modern days of like 40K, not going back, I, I think it's Captain Ashran for me. Um, and and I think it's it's funny to say that because there's like, there's no lore on it. There's not much. But if if I want you to play Ultramarines, you know what I'm going to do? If, if, if lore is a big part of it, I'm going to make you play in a Crusade League. And I'm going to make you take your second edition, your second company. And hey, this is your captain. Pick one of the different flavors of Captain Ashran and go. And and for me, like that, that is is very quintessential Ultramarine Z. He's the new guy that got brought in when Kato got lost in the warp. And it's like, hey, you're primary's captain now. Let's go. I think being that codex chapter. Having so many fleshed out characters, I, I think it's important to have some space to make a, a bit of that that story yourself. So I, I my I love that. Right. In a, in a, you know, I love that you said the crusade on that. I actually think that that's if you haven't played it, I love crusade uh, getting into it because if you do go into it, just not only are you creating your own lore, which I'm I got into this as an RPG guy before I was ever a miniature guy, but it also helps you play, to be honest, because you start playing with stuff that you wouldn't normally play with, and you start to get ideas about how you could use different things. And I think it's super fun because you get attached to certain units that you end up putting in your regular army because you're like, I can't let Sergeant Ted and the gang not be played anymore after this Crusade League is was over. For me, that was honored brother Adion, who was my chapter champion, but Ultramarine's chapter champion, and I converted him up. I took the Space Marine hero sergeant who's like walking forward holding sword, and I totally get bashed him with the Ultramarines upgrade bits and all that. And, you know, I'm so happy that chapter champions are back in vogue right now. I am, I almost have put him into so many lists. I think I'm going to, I think you might, uh, you might see him terrorizing nice. the tabletop near you sometime soon. I'm going to go into a little bit not fluff because I need you guys to send me some pictures. Don't forget, I'm even going to put it in the podcast or the, the whatever we're doing, Glorecast stuff thing, whatever we're calling this. But I want fluffy DOG. Fluffy DOG. Thank you very much. But DAWG. <laughs> yeah. Dog. I need, I need some pictures of your models. But what is your go to model that you have to put on the board? It's not fluff, but it's just both you guys paint. You both, you guys model well. What is your what is your pride and joy that you want to show people? If you're going to show people your ultramarines, what's your what's your one two punch? What's your jab right hand that you're hitting people with? If you want to show them, you're the best that you can put on the board. <clears throat> my my without a shadow of a doubt best painted model, I, in my opinion, is the Indominus Chaplain. Like, I, and I think chaplains are good on the tabletop. I'm not currently running one because I'm running a bunch of like dreadnoughts and I run a tech marine. But I think by far my best painted model. And Brad, you're going to get a picture of this guy because like it's yes. probably the best best freehand blended like flesh tone face I've ever done in my entire thing. And I got the hazard stripes on the on the the um the feed out of his out of his uh out of his head like. Uh, I might tell you my favorite word model. My favorite model word painted. I liked your um what's that floaty uh transport thing that they had that's not good anymore? 
Impulsor. Oh, Impulsor. I thought your Impulsor looked sick. You did a good job of weathering the bottom of it. I, I always, I always like looking at those. You can tell all the model painter guys because everybody flips the models over right away. That's how you tell <laughs> somebody knows what's going on. You're like, how's the underside of this model look like? My favorite cast model is his uh, is his chunky boys. Do you have aggressors? Is that what they were? You had you had some gravis dudes that I was the, no, those were the centurions. Yeah, centurions. Yes. centurions. Yeah. I loved your assault centurions. Those are my favorite models you had in an army. Kaz's models look so good. Like what's, what's, what's your, they what's your look one so two, good. brother? Give me your one two punch. What do you what do you show? Uh, I mean, I mean left and the right hand. For for me, like the the reason, like I was actually a Drukari player. The reason I play this Ultramarines army and have throughout all of ninth is my Gulliman. Like I, I took lessons with a very talented artist locally, BB miniatures. His stuff's amazing. He like, I, I had him teach me OSL so that I could just really nail Gulliman out of the park. I made my display tray around him. So Gulliman first and foremost, but then my next answer is actually my drop pod. And it may seem a very like, lackluster answer but i don't know why like i was you know I, it was it was going into lvo not this past year but the year before like i the drop pod made the list and i was doing some airbrushing and i i kind of rushed it but the the sometimes man just the contrast landed perfectly the paint just was it was destined to like go where it needed to go. It just kind of really came together. And as part of my display tray, if you look, if you ever see my display tray in person and you look close, there's happy little drop pods in the backdrop <laughs> flying, flying down. And so I kind of was like, I have to put a drop pod in the list. So it's yeah. not even for competitive reasons, but it made it in and it's my second bet. So I have to know, did you hazard stripe the inside part of your drop pod doors? Uh-huh. I will answer that by showing you that. Oh, this is why we no need a live recording. Oh, I'm getting so, oh, I'm so hot right now. I'm about to like <laughs> smash my drop on by accident. So, boom. Of course he did. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah. Yes, sir. If you don't have your stripes here, you on know, the inside door. Did you even paint a drop on it? This is not. Did you even do out. it? Oh, boom. because it, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like. It's an important detail. Ah. Uh, I love everything about this. Guys, plug anything you have to plug and tell me what's going on. And just in style. Well, for me, just follow me on Insta. Cass underscore paints. K-A-S. I uh, quit smoking seven months ago. So I get my dopamine by you liking my pictures. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we're almost done. So Kaz is... My favorite model Kaz did, and it's and it's because dreadnoughts have a near are near and dear to my heart. His dreadnought, his redemptor dreadnought. I literally watched that video at least five or six times, and I'm like, man, might not look that good. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, man. But like his mm, dude, it's like this black fade, and I I know how you do it because I watched the video a million times, but it looks so good. Um, anyways, that's. That. Your beauty, your beauty award. I, I look forward to when we dominate a doubles tournament, brother. Ooh, oh, yeah. Man. They're going to be like, oh, wait, it's Howard Reroll Watts and his toga. Kaz, we'd have, you'd have to have a toga too. Oh, so my oh, girlfriend's yeah. a costume designer. So like that could be arranged. Yep. Easy. Done. Can I have a costume? Can I be y'all's coach, y'all's doubles <gasps> coach and get so, a costume? So uh, Brad literally said this. 
Blake, you would you could be our attendant, and you yes. could bring uh, the palm leaf and the grapes. Yes, yes. I am here for this. I'm gonna. I, I'm I will travel for this. I'm gonna <laughs> delicately funnel wine into Kaz's mouth, like as he plays. Yeah, it's like yes. And this is why you only do team tournaments, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a team tournament. Full like, circle. We've come full circle. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, guys. It's been an absolute blast. Another great episode recording with you, Brad. And I look forward to joining everyone next, I guess, next in two weeks. I think we're going to be doing some Space Wolves. If we don't, then um, oh. you can go. Oh. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Join us in two weeks. Fluffy DOG has created an affiliation with Death to Glory Gaming. This show is produced by Blake Law Studios. Go and show your support at Blake Law Studios' Patreon page. Our editor is Seamus Rowan. Opening song was also created by Seamus Rowan.